This is a honky-tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey, everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. This week, Dennis Condor is on a horse ranch having sex with Mexican women. So, Stan Lane of the Fantastics has joined in and become the... Um, anchor of the third incarnation of the Midnight Express. And as Jim Cornette said, that turned the rats after the show from uh, lunchtime to a goddamn buffet. Yum, 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 yum. Stan Lane, who of course used to travel with a bag full of baby oil and always Hustler magazines in his carry-on. <laughs> The plane went down. I lost my luggage. Good thing I got a jack off. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like when you think of a carry on, what do you think of? Do you think stuff you like absolutely necessary for your immediacy? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, ah. Do you have any extra shirts? No. I got some time alone. My checked bag is the VHS. This is just, <laughs> this is just the flippy mags. Oh, I don't come when I jack off. I get, I edge. So when I see a woman, <laughs> I just want to be real mad when I'm when I see the Road Warriors. Mm. Here is the following list of women in wrestling. Stan Lane is fucked. All of them. You think so? No, I don't think so. There's also this comes later, but in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, when the, he formed uh, the first Heavenly Bodies, uh, he was wearing a wig. He would wear a wig. Oh, he's been he's been completely bald. There is some talk that he was wearing a, a wig in the Midnight Express. That's oh, it's all great. Oh, by the way, for those of you uh, who can hear, Dylan's vaping now. So let's all disrespect him. Um, John, I am a cool teen, as we all know. Of course. So I'm a teen now. Yeah. He's got a leather trench coat. He's skipping class, but still hanging out in the cafeteria. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing uh, the, all that Supreme brand stuff, and I have a tattoo of a money sign on my nose now. <laughs> uh, Mr. Whitaker, I don't need geometry. Huge fucking cloud of pineapple vape. No, I got the the one that tastes like cigarette, and they couldn't understand why. <laughs> why won't you want peach cobblies? Are teens no, vaping? I want it to taste like a cigar because I hate myself. Uh, yes, teens are vaping. Oh, my uh, my fourteen year old niece. Um, everyone thinks cigarettes are gross, but she really wants to vape. And uh, let me tell you that, I'm like, yeah, sure. Really? No. We don't know what vaping does, by the way. Like everyone's like, ah, it's got to be healthier than cigarettes. That's not guaranteed. I will say this as a guy who. Spent two weeks vaping at the start in, in in old January, and then basically got it in my head like, why don't I just start smoking again? Because it's the same fucking thing. I had a cigarette, and it is a lot different than vaping. I immediately got a headache. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. I immediately got a headache and had to drink like four cups of water until I was okay. And then I started smoking again, and I just got used to the headaches. I suppose. As someone who smoked for years and has only quit for the last three months. Um, here's the big thing that you notice. One, you're not, you don't just have tension in parts of your face. 
<laughs> oh, and also this this is something that for those of you you don't smoke for like two months, your dick gets harder. It's not that your dick was not yeah. hard before, but it's like noticeably harder. Yeah, the uh, there's a comedian in Hamilton, Ontario, Fuck. Canada. Uh, if you're in the UK, Birmingham. No. If you're in the States. No, no, it's not Birmingham. If, if you're in Hamilton, Ontario is the... Liverpool? Darlington. Darlington, okay. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I had to quit smoking. And I figured like, oh, he's, this guy's getting up in age. So maybe it's about like, you know what I mean? Oh, I wanted to go up the stairs. It's like my cock wasn't getting that hard and I can't have that. <laughs> I'm trying to write a bit where it's it's a hard thing to convey to people. But I guarantee everyone who every man who smokes cigarettes, if you walked up to them and you're like, listen, I know your dick's getting hard. But you're missing out. <laughs> yeah, well, the one guy who never uh, had problems g- keeping his dick hard was, I assume, only Bobby Eaton of these three people. Oh, I guarantee Bobby Eaton's hard all the time. I have to say, Bobby Eaton has to have had a huge cock. Like, there's... That man, that man, like, he has such a confidence for being so bad at so many aspects of his job. Um... That his dick must be huge. I think it's I think it's more that like his peers loved him because Bobby Eaton loved being a heel and getting baby faces over and jobbing. Like he's that sounds insane, but one of his favorite parts of wrestling was jobbing, like getting the crowd to hate you and then giving them that big release at the end, like a big nut, you know? Well, this is the amazing thing that everyone sort of asked, like, oh when Dennis Condry was replaced by Stan Lane, where people are pissed off, and both and Jim Cornette and Stan Lane have both gone on record to be like, "No, the Midnight R- Express was hated. They didn't give a fuck. They were just like, what do you mean? No, I don't want there to be any of them, let alone a new one. Fuck these guys.'" Yeah, there's a really good uh, Jim Cornette interview where he just is like, yeah, they all thought we were gay, and then uh, that's why they hated us. And then they were like, "Well, Stan looks gayer than Dennis," <laughs> and then <laughs> they hated him more. It was great. I like all of it. Well, it's also one of those things where it's like, uh, like, that is something we are missing from wrestling, by the way, which is, you know, the time was, like, heels were heels, but now, like, there's heels, but it's like, we kind of like them. Like, no, you can't break up. You know what I mean? I was really hoping you would be, that's what we're missing from wrestling, homophobia. (laughs) Well, listen, I'm not going to say that we need more homophobia in wrestling. There you go. Get in there. Get in there, John. We don't need more homophobia in wrestling. There's enough homophobia. There's still so much homophobia in wrestling, guys. How? When? Enzo Amore has released... Yeah. (laughs) As of this recording, has just dropped a rap rap song 16 hours ago where he blames the victim of the assault, the alleged assault. And I haven't watched the whole video, but I know that there's going to be some derogatory things said about homosexuals in it. Like, you know that's coming. I mean, we can all hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, of course you would, because you don't like. I wouldn't hope that John, you produced that song. Uh, I didn't produce it. Producer. I just emailed the hey, Enzo, company. Can you, maybe, maybe, maybe say that she uh, shouldn't have been dressed like that. Go. And he's like, "Oh, thanks, bro." Oh, is that what producing thanks, is now? I didn't realize that's bro. producing. I don't think that was producing. That is producing. That is producing. Oh, that is producing. How did the New Midnight Express start, John? Not the New Midnight Express. The third incarnation of the Midnight Express, they lost in the Crockett Cup. They never won the Crockett Cup, which apparently stuck with Bobby Eaton for some reason. Of course it did. I love that Bobby Eaton would be upset by that. It's like, 
What? I don't know, man. <laughs> Who gives a fuck about the Crockett Cup? Here? I love when wrestlers take wrestling so seriously where they're just like, what the actual hell? This is Well, no- the Crockett Cup would be like, usually the Midnight Express had a tag title, be it the U.S. tag title or the world tag title. That's right. They had a, such a fucking huge tag division, they literally had a secondary tag title. But they, um, so the Crockett Cup, the function of it would essentially be to get people to beat the Midnight Express and then be like, we beat you in a non-title match. Let's have a wrestle for these titles. So, of course, they didn't win the Crockett Cup. Yeah, no, it's, they were, it's hard. By to, and large, they weren't babyface. It's hard to job when you've won. Like, that's the thing. That's the amazing thing about territory times, which is like none of the bad guys won ever. Like, Ric Flair's win-loss <laughs> record is crazy bad. Yeah, he's like 50-50. Oh, it's way less than that. We looked this up. Oh, was it 50-50? I still don't believe it. Well, then you're not the guy who compiled the win-loss record. Yeah, you're right. I'm not a guy with autism so bad it's visible from space. Yeah, you are. Oh, good comeback, you fucking idiot. So this is really a golden era for tag team wrestling, because uh, you got t- the Lightning Express, which is great. That's what the great thing about watching old nwa shows is the pacing if you're ever watching old nwa shows on the network the pacing is so good because it's literally like the road warriors do an interview they beat up two sandwiches then the match ends then rick flair comes out and is insane then there's a commercial break everything is two minute segments like it's like WWE could take a lot of yeah but they could take a lot of what they're doing it's also one of those things where I think they also could like it's also what All In is doing which is basically bringing a bunch of different stars from different places to one place one time a year um, yeah and I think that that's which, great and I think that that's what they sort of need to learn to do in in the WWE also like just literally just fuck it not even squash matches but yeah, a 90 second promo or just Bring in people that are crazy. Like, you know, it would be fun. Uh, what's an example of someone you could bring in now if you're the WWE? Like how at Starcade they'll bring in, like, Carlos Colon or they'll bring in fucking Abdullah the Butcher. Stuff like that. Like, you could bring in... I don't even fucking know how you would do this. But it, they kind of do it with old stars, but they don't do them... Have the, They don't have them wrestle. They should have them wrestle. Like, even just... I don't know. Well, that's the whole thing is that, like you said before, uh, you said this in another episode that the WWE is like a league, and when you run a league, you don't bring in people for a one-off thing. Yeah. Like, the NFL would never just bring back a guy, and then he goes to the CFL or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, that guy was good. Too bad he's in this other league. Like, So the WWE wants to brand everything. If you're in the WWE, then you are, unless you're like a legend, then you are on the roster. If you're under 40 and you've done something in WWE, you're on the roster, except for Chris Jericho because Vince McMahon, and I think rightly so, doesn't think New Japan matters. And I don't either. I don't think that, I think, here's here's a hot take, so uh, don't burn your hands. I think that as soon as a casual wrestling fan sees New Japan Pro Wrestling and sees the production value, unless they re- unless they follow a bunch of wrestling accounts on Twitter that are just constantly talking about how great it is, they see that production value and they're like, "Uh, no," <laughs> you know, like it's a, it's just a bunch of handy cam footage essentially. Like they have okay cameras, but it's not nearly the level of WWE. I agree with you in terms of New Japan, but then you look at Ring of Honor and how much Ring of Honor has stepped it up and how different different the product looks. Then 
Ring of Honor looks like high class Smoky Mountain. It doesn't, it doesn't, but it's also one of those things where, like, if you're into wrestling in the nerd way that, like, kids seem to be into things now, it's that's true. It's pretty fucking huge. And it's also, like, the way that New Japan markets things, like, fuck me, Kenny Omega is in the new fucking Street Fighter game. That's great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, only time will tell, I suppose. Um, so the Midnight Express are doing scaffold matches against the Rock and Roll Express because... <laughs> I love Southern wrestling, and this is why WCW, as you get into the 90s, is so funny, is because WCW would be like, oh, this guy is a ripoff of the Care Bears, and he's wrestling in a coal miner's glove match against Bunkhouse Buck. Like, it was so... It's also they stopped doing what they needed to do, and the new... This is not the new Midnight Express, but this different incarnation of the Midnight Express very interestingly, does something that is good in Southern Wrestling, which is because you have Stan Lane, you can now do all the things that they did before, again, with a different flavor. So they go and have another giant feud with the fucking Rock and Roll Express. Um, and even hold titles for 12 months, which is like, you know, heels that aren't supposed to ever win. They kind of fucking amazingly do. But what's very different also here is, you have to remember, this is WCW or Jim Crockett without... Uh, Arn and Tully for a good portion of their run because Arn and Tully um, basically find out they're the lowest paid tag team on the fucking roster that Paul Ellering is making more than them and then they're like well we're gonna go to the WWE now and then they do and then Tully Blanchard I think does my favorite thing ever which is Tully there's a drug test tomorrow I'm gonna do coke right now (laughs) and that's crazy just to say this um, the Jim Hurd era of WCW he upheld the positive drug test from the WWF, and that's why Tully never made it back into WCW. Where it's like, if this was one, if this was still the Crockett's, and this was still territory wrestling, this was still just pure Southern wrestling, and it wasn't attached to Turner, then they would have given Tully Blanchard more cocaine as a reward for failing so so well. Like wrestling just changes. Over the course of what we're going to talk about in uh, very, very uh, weird ways. So they kind of feud with the Road Warriors a bit. Um, basically, like exactly what you're saying. It's a new lease on life. Uh, you treat it like a sports team. We got rid of the old guy. Now that we have this fun new guy uh, who you may recognize and we've turned evil. So they're feuding with Road Warriors. Um, they began feuding with Arn and Tully. Arn uh, and Tully. Leading- Arn and Tully. They w- <laughs> They won the world tag titles and vacated the U.S. titles. And uh, then they start a feud with the original Midnight Express. This is Dennis Condry and Randy Rhodes. And this might be my favorite start of a feud ever. Oh, the, uh, and how does it start? So, as mentioned, they're doing that one hour, nine squash matches, and nine promos show on TBS. During a squash match, Jim Cornette gets a call uh, on air. And let me to explain. There's this weird. The, no, no, no. Can I explain? There's a weird podium you go for interviews, and inexplicably there was a phone there, and this is one of the few times it ever rang. Yeah, which is great. Yep. I love the idea of someone getting a call. Like, I love the idea of. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't do it now, but imagine Roman Reigns is mid promo and he just picks up his phone and then he's like, "What?" Yeah. No, and then he gets speared by Goldberg or whatever, yeah. who's also on the phone. Seth, who? He's saying, I'm spearing you. <laughs> Ra- uh, Rollins? Oh, Rollins! How- ah! Steve, 
No. And then Stone Cold stunners him while also on the phone. <laughs> and he's saying like, give me a hell yeah, also bye-bye. Does anyone else feel like that Stone Cold Steve Austin is definitely a flip phone guy? I think he's a landline guy. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 like 100%. But he does have a Yaris, so who knows? Yeah, but that's where he just keeps his t- chewing tobacco. No, he has like an ATV and a Yaris. He, li- he loves fuel economy, that guy. Does he? You get him... Yes, you get hit. You get Stone Cold Steve Austin with anyone that's not in wrestling. All he talks about is fuel economy, and if that's if conversation has run out about like gigs, about how fucked up it is doing gigs, and then he's immediately of a man of a certain age. The interview with him and Bill Burr is just him complimenting Bill Burr on his smart choice of car. I love, and when I say love, I mean love. I love when, especially wrestlers, but any type of athlete, their actual passion, because they attack it with the same level of passion as their sport. So, you know, he's just like, he's at a Tesla dealership, like drinking a beer. Let me tell you something, son. This thing better go uh, zero to 60 and... Point two four knots as I read Well, that's all he cares about, right? Because this guy's thinking of like, what's a car do? Oh, it gets you from, it gets you from Arkansas to New York overnight, so you can, so you can beat Coco Beware. That's his idea of what a car does. So they just talk about long distance driving, and that's all he wants. He wants a comfy goddamn seat, and he wants to pay thirty dollars for a gallon of goddamn gasoline, John. So they receive a call and Jim Cornette just hangs up the phone. And then, of course, Randy Rhodes and Dennis Condry come down to the ring and start beating the living goddamn shit out of the Midnight Express. Paul Heyman is their manager now, blasts Jim Cornette with the phone. This is Paul Heyman's first appearance in JCW? If I could explain just a little thing. So this, I think, is Paul Heyman's first appearance in JCW. Not his first appearance. On television, uh, not his first appearance backstage, but he uh, took a bus overnight and snuck into a booking meeting and kissed Dusty Rhodes' ass so much that Dusty Rhodes let him stay when he was a kid. Um, the original Midnight Express was in the AWA where they became friends with Marty Jannetty. Of course, Dennis Condry was like, I needed to get some coke and some young pussy. Where are you two women going? Um, <laughs> we're men. My name's Sean and this is Marty. What's that? Um, men's names that end with Y, that's a girl thing. I'll come with you. La, 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 didn't hear it, still counts yeah. as two girls. La, 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 tuck it in, la, 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 la. <laughs> la, 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 I'm Buffalo Bill, la, la, la. <laughs> Dennis Cardry has sex with men for la, 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 la. He doesn't consider it bad because he makes them grow their hair long for la, 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 la. When he says horse ranch, he means... Gentlemen with large cocks, fa la 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 la. Dennis Condry can't read, fa la 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 la. He doesn't know what sexuality is, fa la 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 la. He's been grooming, fa la 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 la. Jim Cornette to be his wife, fa la 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 la. Jim Cornette is horrified, fa la 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 la. That's what the Wendy's ranch is about, fa la 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 la. Are you still in the Airbnb? Yeah. <laughs> I'd say you'd have to be. Oh, yeah, baby. I am in the Airbnb, and am I by myself? Oh, yeah. Ooh, chavo. Dennis Cordry, fa-la-la-la-la. Lover. Condry. 
lover boy la 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 is what he did da 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 la la with jerry lawler for la 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 do you think that's true no i really just assume yeah you probably do that dennis condry is actually very against all the behavior dennis uh jerry lawler's been up to like he's just like that's not how a man behaves i mean shakes a woman's hand i think you buy her a nice baseball steak and then you put it in her pooter <laughs> i think that dennis condry sees nothing and says nothing i think that's his laws of the road are like you did what ted bundy i'll keep your damn secret yeah because i'm a man and you're a man and men gotta stick together as we all know men don't tell secrets Ooh, no they don't john starcade 88 original men express versus the new men express of course Cornette's team wins because dennis condry is about to go for a pack of cigarettes again and never return back to the NWA. Yes. A uh, couple of things. The direction of this feud was there was supposed to be a three. It was supposed to be three stages. They never got to it. This is also the transition with Heard, so that it gets lost in the shuffle. Jim Cornette calls this one of his great, um, like, is a real sadness um, because he thought that this would have been an amazing feud because it reunited all the members of the Midnight Express in one ring. And he also liked working with Paul Happy Heyman because he thought he was the perfect foil for Jim Cornette, proving that they are essentially the same person, but just in different skins and different backgrounds. They're the northern and southern equivalency of each other. I agree with that. I just think that like Jim Cornette's probably blinded by the fact that his idea of wrestling is the Midnight Express. Like He thinks that wrestling would have been the the biggest ticket re- items wrestling ever could be is if everyone in one promotion was just in the Midnight Express and they just all take took turns wrestling the Rock and Roll Express. Mm, 100%. Yeah, that's I, I agree. Oh, yeah. WWF was actually winning the war until the Rock and Roll Express won all the titles. That's what should have happened. Well, it, it's very interesting that uh, Jim Cornette's point is that he thinks that Jim Hurd is the reason that the WWF beat WCW. But my point is, it was two different styles, and WCW was not in the metro, the major media market, which is New York. So the WWF was always going to be considered more legitimate because they could trot out footage of Andy Warhol talking about how good wrestling is. And the WCW could trot yeah. out footage of Waylon Jennings asleep backstage. <laughs> What it basically boiled down to was that you see something on WWF, like you see the gobbledygooker and it's stupid, but like the production value is so high that it looks at least like it's on a TV show. Whereas whenever the w- WCW would do something like that, like uh, RoboCop or whatever, it was so like poorly filmed. It just looked like someone dressed up like RoboCop for their kid's birthday. <laughs> well, it, that, but that's the thing is every idea that they had they were they were following they weren't leading and when you talk about pace of these shows even you talk about the structure of the midnight express as a team they're so different than any other team that was in the wwf while they were in their original run which is why the wwf wanted them and now Mm -hmm. as you enter into the last days of the midnight express and jim crockett promotions they're just trying to be wwf light but what's weird is the midnight express isn't doing that so then they really sort of stand out like a sore thumb like they go into this weird now feud with the Samoan SWAT team mostly because they want to carry over Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette's antagonism but it's also like why are the Midnight Express even still baby faces like it made sense when it was original Midnight Express versus this Midnight Express but now it's like no put them put them with a, a face team that that's their better role it does give us the Cornette uh, Paul Heyman tuxedo match which everybody 
I re- I highly recommend. It's fantastic. <laughs> they do turn heel again, uh, feuding with the Dynamic Dudes, Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. They feud with the Dynamic Dudes, uh, Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. Uh, this is made um, uh, even better from uh, Jim Cornette saying one of the main problems with the Dynamic Dudes was the amount of times um, fans would just yell, Shane sucks Johnny's dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, just the, it's just basically like at the, whoever's at the, the most handsome is the heel. Apparently at the spectrum on one of the sides, um, they uh, he looked over and someone had a giant sign that said, Shane, uh, Shane sucks Johnny's cock. And it's all he could see, like as he was in there, as he was like wrestling, he just kept looking at it, like. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that's but that is uh, that's that's uh, Jim Crockett wrestling is a lot more in common with the Zeitgeists, not maybe in ring, but the Zeitgeist of ECW than you want to admit. I don't like WWF. That's kid stuff. Me, I'm a homophobic and racist adult. I watch Jim Crockett promotions. Yeah, that's exactly it. it's like. Leave boys will be boys, and I will be a man who only likes people of the same race. (laughs) I will be a man who votes for whatever, whatever party Ross Perot likes. That's very funny. Yeah. Get me. You know the movie Rambo? That's how I pick my political parties. I write in my vote, whichever one Jimmy Swaggart likes most, and then I throw the ballot in the garbage because politicians are dishonest, except if they tell me that they shouldn't vote. And you know who they are. I'm going to leave now. Basically, they're kind of wrapping up uh, because, as you say, Jim Hurd is now taken over. Um, and really has nothing for the Midnight Express, and I can kind... Because Jim Hurd's looking at the WWF and looking at what's successful over there, and then he sees Stan Lane, which... I mean, Stan Lane looks like a big league performer, but certainly Bobby Eaton is all substance and no sizzle. And there was originally uh, an idea to... Since Arn and Tully weren't back in WCW yet, bolster the Four Horsemen by... Cornette was going to go to commentary and he was going to trade their contracts to woman and then wo- and then woman will bring them to the four horsemen. Everybody loved the idea except for Jim Hurd, so I got next. What I actually am all right with it because it would have been a weird dynamic of Jim Cornette in because this the Midnight Express are cool. Jim Cornette's not cool and like having Ric Flair doing a promo about having sex with women and then Jim Cornette be like, and I'm gonna watch. <laughs> No, Jim Cornette was on commentary. That was the thing. Jim Cornette would have been on commentary. Woman would have been the manager. I heard a different version of this story, which was that, no, Jim Cornette was going to be in the Four Horsemen with them as well as doing commentary. Because he didn't want to give up managing the Midnight Express. Jim Hurd wanted him on commentary, but he wasn't giving that up. That was one of their big weird things. So the weird thing about the Jim Hurd-Jim Cornette relationship is Jim Hurd really liked Jim Cornette as a commentator, didn't understand him as a, ma- as a manager. And actually, That's so weird. It's so weird. Also, as a commentator, it would have made the product a bit different. But he was clearly just trying to get a Jesse Ventura style heel color commentator. But that's not. It wouldn't have worked at being Jim Cornette because Jim Cornette would have just been like, "Oh God, it would have been fucking crazy." I think Jim Cornette was a great commentator. I always do think he was, and he brings a lot of energy to the product. He brings a lot of energy uh, that at that point Jim Ross hadn't really found yet. Jim Ross fa- finds his energy kind of in 
late 90s uh, WWF is when he obviously that's when the product was the best and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, he's a great announcer before that in NWA and WCW. But I mean, Cornette's great as a commentator and he's great as a manager. And I think a lot of people think that that isn't mutually exclusive. That is like, obviously, if you go to one, you're good at the other. And my answer to you would be. Listen to any Arn Anderson commentary. It's just it's just some sleepy time tea. Oh yeah, no, cause you, like the problem with it is you don't. Arn Anderson doesn't have the ability to do what Arn Anderson does best as commentator, which is threaten yeah. someone's life. <laughs> so they finish up. Uh, there, there's some more feuds with the Rock and Roll Express, of course. Uh, they've now turned heel again, um, but they're really uh, heading down the card. Uh, they have some matches with the Steiners, uh, Lane and Cornette leave the company over disputes with Jim Hurd. Bobby says to feed his family, uh, he stays, sorry, to feed his family. It is eventually rewarded with a TV title run and a win over Ric Flair at Havoc 91. Uh, the transition's tough with him and we all know what happens, we don't all know. Bobby Eaton basically... Uh, is labeled as like a tag team specialist, and of course, uh, just, just like teams with people with personality essentially for the rest of his career, be it uh, Lord Steven Regal or whoever else. And of course, Stan Lane heads to Jim Cornette's new stomping grounds, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, to be one half of the Heavenly Bodies. To wear a wig and to fuck a lot of people, Jim Cornette creates Smoky Mountain Wrestling, goes on to manage Yokozuna, uh, stays in the WWF, is on the creative team for the Attitude Era first half. Goes on to found OVW and now makes his living doing a podcast and threatening to murder Vince Russo. And if you want to hear more about that, more about Jim Cornette, uh, we have an entire episode on him in the arcades. Yeah. But after the break, we're going to talk about when he came back with the new Midnight Express and it fucking sucked. Oh boy, did it. And it's But weirdly, it's Dylan's favorite Midnight Express. Of course it is. He's bodacious and he's bombastic. Those are two words you've never heard in your life because uh, they're only partially real words. Most of this and more and come after the break. Splooge. This is Dylan from the Goddamn Wrestler Review, the show you're listening to right now. Please come to our show September 2nd in London, England. It is £10 if you are not a Patreon member and £5 if you are. Tickets are available at wrestlerreview.angelfire.com. You can also go to our Twitter, at Wrestler Review. It is the pinned post. And our Facebook page, The Wrestler Review Podcast, where we have set up a cool-ass Facebook event. Otherwise, you can go to paypal.me backslash wrestler review. That's paypal.me backslash wrestler review. And donate either £10 if you are not a member or £5 if you are to see the wonderful show the best motherfucking show of all time, The Wrestler Review Live, where we will be reviewing Stan Hansen and may or may not hire a fat man to show up as Stan Hansen and beat us to a death. Bye-bye. Let's all piss on a grave and talk about the new Midnight Express. New Midnight, fuck. Yeah, you ruined it. We're going to talk about the new Midnight Express, which is... An idea that Jim Cornette... Was it Jim Cornette's direct idea? He tried no, to bring it back. No, it was not Jim Cornette's no. direct idea. Who was, was it? Vince McMahon's. <laughs> Jim, why don't you bring that group of homos? Jim, you know how you keep being recognized in an airport for that thing I don't know that exists? Do that. <laughs> but who would the Midnight Express have been 
if you want to live up to the legacy. It would have been two like WCW cruiserweights. The new Midnight Express really, honestly, probably would have been like Lance Storm and Chris Jericho or something like that. Like you need two people that could actually work. Whereas you had Bob Holly and Bart Gunn <laughs> who suck. <laughs> Bob Holly sucks. <laughs> like Bob Holly's so boring and shitty. Well, the thing with Bob Holly is he's not even that bad of a wrestler. He's just a horrible human being. How so? He's tried to give people spinal injuries, and every single one of his stories begins and ends with, um, this guy did something to me, so I said to him, do that again and I'll fucking kill you, and then they didn't do it again. <laughs> didn't Bob Holly like, didn't Brock Lesnar essentially intentionally break Bob Holly's neck? <laughs> he just was like, I'm going to powerbomb regularly. Wait a minute. Fuck you. <laughs> well, here's the other thing, though, is... He may or may not have intentionally broken his neck, but here's the thing is no one has def- no one defended him. No one was like that's oh, true. He hurt Bob's neck. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, Bob got what he always deserved. That's good. Yeah, man. But anyway, Bob Holly, fresh off being Sparky Plug and Bart Gun, who by this time had been in the Smoking Guns, both tag team specialist, uh the New Midnight Express is put together and put into a feud with the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. Two guys that look like they sell fucking roadkill as pelts on the side of the highway. Get ready to be sad. Their match at Unforgiven in 1998 is... Oh, no. Of course, it's terrible. It's fucking awful. It's brutal. New Midnight Express, of course, wins. Oh, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, does Bob Holly have really long hair even though he's bald? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they then lose well, they're- They lose to the New Age Outlaws, obviously. Um, oh, it's fucking awful. Yeah, it's not It's not real good. Um, they're bomb- Obviously, it's Bombastic Bob and Bodacious Bart, and they're supposed to be like heartthrobs but like they're so huge like the old midnight express was two slobs who thought who basically were like yeah, but we really like to fuck and everyone's like probably each other and i hate that and the new midnight express was like hi that we're doing this now like it's just carbon vince mcmahon two wrestlers he's just trying to do something with because he Jim Cornette does like Bob Holly as a worker, and Bart Gunn is whatever. You gotta feel for Bart Gunn. He's stuck in shit-ass tag teams after the Smoking Guns. He actually really wins the Brawl for All, but Vince McMahon doesn't understand how fighting works, so he figures he's just gonna knock out Butterbean because he's fat, and then he dies on pay-per-view, essentially. If you ever watch that knockout, uh, it's insane. Like, he's essentially knocked out after the first knockdown, and the ref's like, get back in there. Let's see you die. And keep in mind, they could have rigged the bra- There was talk of rigging the brawl for all, and this is how much I love fucking Vince McMahon. No. Here's the... No, legit. But here was part of it. What they were going to do is they were going to rig it like Butterbean said he would work a match. Yeah, that's the... Be- Butterbean's a fucking great man. I've said it before, and I've said it again. Butterbean knows what he does for a living isn't a job, so he's just happy to get a check. <laughs> but Butterbean legit offered it was like I'll just I'll just go down. Like I'll Yeah. This is wrestling, I'll wrestle him, he'll beat me. You can tell by what I wear to the wrestling ring, but I'm I'm a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm literally an egg with America pants on. I'll just lose and no one will care. So 
the new Midnight Express debuted. I got uh, a okay. A couple of things um, about Butterbean. Um, his last fight was in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. Um, okay. Where he knocked out a guy named Dean Story in right. uh, the second round. I love this guy so much. Also, he had a reality TV show called Big Law Deputy Butterbean. That's <laughs> where he learns to be a sheriff. There's a lot of. Uh he did like mixed martial arts for a while, and then people who wrestle would take him down, and it legit looked like a turtle on his back. Like he can't get all the way; he can't get his head on the ground. If you told me that he sleeps with his head on a pillow, I'd be like, "Oh, that pillow must be literally five feet tall," because the amount of back fat this man has is terrifying. King, of, oh, it's so fucking weird. Like he's just—he's the, the oddest athlete because it's like he's not ever been a like renowned boxer but he's just in so many fucking weird corners of professional sports where they're like well he's important i guess i don't know fuck off well he's a he's a sideshow he's a fucking fat white guy that knocks people out oh so he's you yeah thank you i think you thought that was an insult but it actually came off super nice no it's it was meant it was meant to actually be a compliment. I just said it way meaner than I meant to. Most, <laughs> mostly because I was also, I'm staring at the notes for what we do that are given to us by Mr. Hobson, our secret researcher. I don't know if we're supposed to mention him, but I just did. Uh, and then on my CNN alert, it just uh, it just said, Roseanne canceled for racism. And I was like, what the what? So I want to read that after the podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh well, considering we're recording this ahead of time, that will come out a week later and it'll be terrifying. So I'll probably have to edit this part. March 17th, 1998. New Midnight Express debut in a no contest against the, the DOA. They were in a 15 uh, tag team battle royal. Sorry, 15 tag team battle royal at WrestleMania 14. They tried to recreate the Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight Express feud by having a couple matches on shotgun saturday night and the unforgiven match we've already talked about then of course they go on to the new lose to the new age outlaws and then finally they drop the nwa tag team titles oh did we not mention they were the nwa tag team champions throughout all of this to the border patrol agent gun and agent max now let me explain they did an angle where basically jim Cornette is angry at the attitude era probably not an angle just they were sick and tired of him just yelling um, backstage, so they were just like, go yell in the ring about it. So they had him manage a group of NWA wrestlers because they had access to the NWA, uh, uh, the, the rights of the NWA sort of copyright because it was now separate from WCW. So they could bring in the NWA champion, Dan Severin, and the NWA tag champions, which they made the Midnight Express. Which actually, what, and if you look at how well the right to censor angle went, what is a great way to do it is have these sort of like we are business like super fucking squeaky clean baby faces and we are here to make sure that you know what you're doing is wrong but they um fucked it up because they didn't put them against you know the new age outlaws and have them be a legitimate threat instead they put them against the rock and roll express and everyone was just very uncomfortable yeah it's a weird thing where it's like People aren't invested in this brand at all, the NWA, and then you just put the Rock and Roll Express on. It's so weird because it's like you're now, so you're basically trying to get a young audience, like a super young audience, like essentially everyone watching this is like 14, 15, horny as all hail. Yeah. And then, ooh, they just want to see Sables. Ba, 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 ba. They just want to see tight 
tits. They don't want to see you lose <laughs> butts. <laughs> Do more squats, Bob Holly. So they bring in, but then they bring in the NWA where it's like, also, look, it's the it's these guys who look like your uncles that just show up to prom and not to be chaperones. Yeah. <laughs> They're there for the party after. Yeah, my name's Bob and I'm here to make sure that your lawn doesn't have hair on it when I'm done mowing it. <laughs> I'm Ricky, and this is Robert. Did you know you kids can get drunk just off Listerine? Ooh. <laughs> oh, hi, everybody. We're the new Midnight Express. And by new, that me that reflects our condom purchases. They're new. <laughs> Condry apparently had a really big problem with this. Cornette rang both him and Bobby to okay it, saying the WWF wanted to do with it, and he didn't want to say no. He says he found it kind of flattering, uh, but that he doesn't begrudge any, i.e. Uh, Bob Holly and Bart Gunn trying to get a living. Sorry, Dennis Condry had no problem with this. Cornette called around, and Cornette says he got called Vince McMahon personally by the idea. He says he doesn't know where the idea came from, but says that uh, he did get recognized a lot for his work with the Midnight Express when traveling with Vince. They called and pitched Bob and uh bart and straight away but he heard they may have considered edge who they had just signed thank god that didn't happen imagine imagine excellent edge and bodacious bart i I gotta be honest if it had been actually a new wrestler and an old wrestler it would have been a little bit better it's also don't call them the new midnight express if they just called them the midnight express because you have to remember a lot of the wwf fans didn't know what the midnight express was they get recognized in the in the South, but like to me, the first exposure I had of the Midnight Express was when the Midnight Express debut. Like I didn't know what they were until the new Midnight Express. They could have done this and made it actually work, but they didn't. Yeah, and the other thing is, you just yeah call them the Midnight Express because you have the precedent. Like it's not like the team was static the whole time. If you pick two new people, you'd have to have the new Rock and Roll Express, or you add someone to the Rockers, like. When they added El Snow to the Rockers, they had to call it the New Rockers. But you can just, like, the Midnight Express, like I said before, the the thing that's so great about it, 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 it plays like a sports franchise. Like, it's like, the Midnight Express is the team, and the players are now Bob Holly and Bart Gunn. I think we can, let's, I mean, it's a pretty short story. The problem is, is that the zeitgeist of the team, essentially, was these slobs think they're hot, they're not, they're not attractive men, <laughs> But they have great matches. That's what you want out of the Midnight Express. Jim Cornette screams at the camera. And then this version is Jim Cornette not really given any promo time because it's the Attitude Era and Sable's got to get milk thrown at her or whatever. And then you have two guys who stink in the ring who are just too big. I, I know you keep coming back to that, but Dennis Condor wasn't a teeny weeny boy. Like... <sighs> It, I just don't understand why they made the new Midnight Express. Like, it's also one of those things where I actually like Jim Cornette uh, being a heel in the Attitude Era, and I think he could have been used a lot more. He also didn't want to be front and center, and I don't think liked the idea. Um, ironically, Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane all thought it was a good idea and gave their consent. Um, but Jim Cornette seemed to be the one who had the biggest problem with it. It's very bizarre. Yeah, of course, because he knew it wasn't going to work. Like... When has an invasion angle like this worked? Like invasion the angles. The NWO, you fuck. No, but like. No, that's you. That's angle... you. Just going. No, good point. Fuck you. 
okay, if ROH fucking invaded WWE tomorrow, you think they're going to be like, you know what? Dalton Castle versus Roman Reigns, Dalton goes over. We need to start this one strong. No. It's like them try- it's legit it's just, just them trying to create a thing where they actually have the brand and they can use the brand. It's them trying to create the buzz that that ECW invasion created not a year ago. And it's just that now they and then 3 months in Dan Severn loses to Jeff Jarrett. And it's like, oh, I guess the NWA title is like the Intercontinental title because Jeff Jarrett always wins that. Yeah. Like, it's it's also just one of those things where it's also Jeff Jarrett's getup was terrible. The point you're making is the invasion was needs really to, bad. It needs to be uh, all the wrestlers involved need to be an equal standing and equal footing. And the NWA invasion didn't have that. Well, the ECW invasion did because what they lacked in star power, they made up for the fact that Sabu like jumped off shit. The Dudley boys yes. look intimidating as fuck, and Sandman had a fucking stick. No, I see your point. Yeah, you have to give them something different. It can't just be like, oh, this is slower, and these guys are tired. They could have positioned Dan Severn in a way to be fucking terrifying. I Because I knew who Dan Severn was from me liking the UFC as a kid. Dan Severn comes in there, and you're like, holy fuck, this is awesome. It's going to be him and Ken Shamrock. This is going to be sexy, boy. But they never did anything with it. They're just like, oh, Dan Severn looks tired. Well, Dan Severn has the same thing that Lesnar did when he first came in, which is... Thick cock, small shaft. No. No, not at all. When he talks, it just sounds like... Like, Dan Severn sounds like one of the characters from Fargo. So it's like, this is the beast, Dan Severn, former UFC champion. Oh, hey, uh, how you doing? I'm gonna knock you out. You don't have him talk. What you do um, is you uh, have Jim Cornette be like, da, 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 da. and he did things like he, having him hurt D'Lo Brown in the way that he did was fucking great. But they just needed to have him hurt more people in a more intense way and in a fake way. Like this guy's a fucking monster and he's gonna fuck people up. They didn't do that. And then you position the Midnight Express to be sort of his. You know, his lackey boys. And plus, I'll say this. This is something, as a kid, uh, that his hair just was like, oh, this this father of three is going to beat someone. Like his, for some reason, his hair as a kid, it's like, this guy would be a lot more intimidating if he didn't have that mustache and Seinfeld hair. I disagree, but that's because I'm right and you're definitely wrong. I disagree because I'm John and I'm in an Airbnb that's just a squat. I am squatting. Uh, I'm not squatting right now, unless you count slow squatting. squatting. Yeah, I'm taking a shit on you. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, so, John, what's the best thing about the Stan Lane version of the Midnight Express? And what's the best thing about the new Midnight Express? Best thing about the Stan Lane version of the Midnight Express is all the Stan Lane sex stories. If he had not joined that, we would not know about the baby oil. We wouldn't know about the time he replaced Jim Cornette's USA Today with a Hustler magazine. So it looked like that uh, Jim Cornette was just reading a Hustler magazine. Best thing about the new Midnight Express did not last long. My favorite thing about the uh, Stan Lane Midnight Express is that Stan Lane knew karate. <laughs> I just think that it's like, you, if it gets to the late 80s, you need someone that knows karate and they motherfucking had Stan Lane. The best thing about the new Midnight Express is that Bob Holly went on to um, write that book where he just basically goes like, and the road dog Jesse James, he's a fucking prick too. <laughs> That's his whole book. Is just like listing off wrestlers and being like, Carlito, little bitch. That's it. He's Jim Cornette at the Dairy Queen, but just all the time. I like that.
It's a good point. What's the worst thing about the Midnight Express, you stupid big-headed fuck? The Stan Lane? Uh, I would say that if thou... That's... Hmm... The original Midnight Express angle never getting a conclusion, that really bummed me out. Well, they did beat them at Starcade. It was just like a two-month angle as like a stopgap. And I don't think that the Midnight Express... Like, that's a cool angle. And I like the way they did it with the phone thing. I really do like that. But I feel like they're not invested enough in that team. Like, by that point, they've already seen those guys on television for, like, years now. And it's a new way to get into a feud with them. But I just think it's an eight-week thing. And if you're going to go ahead with the Midnight Express, it's also like you've now you wrap up the Dennis Condry thing. Because you really didn't wrap up the Dennis Condry story. It's more like eight weeks to just wrap up the Dennis Condry character and then go somewhere else. So... But yeah, I can see I can see what you're saying there. Um, and my uh, the worst thing about the Stan Lane um, Midnight Express for me is that they didn't really. I think that Horseman thing really would have reinvigorated them, and maybe they could have broken up or something. I just think there was like another phase of that story they definitely could have explored. But instead, they left WCW abruptly. And like, you know what I mean? There could have been there could have been a Jim Cornette, Bobby Eaton, a Jim Cornette managing Bobby Eaton singles run in there, where Bobby Eaton could have been a perennial U.S. champion and all that. But it just didn't happen. And Stan Lane could have gone back to playing a babyface, using his karate, and everything could have been right in the world. And I think we can all agree the worst thing about the New Midnight Express was that it ever happened. No, wrong. What I said was right. No. I'm right. You're wrong. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Somehow Dylan got won that argument. I disagree with it, but hey, let's use our voices to express. Go to Twitter uh, and vote for me to be better than Dylan. Nope. Uh, Next week, we'll be doing Superstar Billy Graham. I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, what's that going to be like? Oh, speaking of a guy who claimed to know karate, the back half of his career is sad. I mean, that's everybody. Except for, I guess, the Midnight Express. Cornette landed on their feet. Dennis Condry's doing something. Bobby Eaton's doing fine. Sweet Stan Lane still in a wig. That's sad. Dennis Cordry, Bobby, uh, Dennis Cordry, uh, Bobby Eaton, Jim Cornette, and Stan Lane all talk to each other every day. <laughs> that's nice. And they've done a bunch Isn't of reunion great? shows as well. They've like, there's been tons of Midnight Express reunion shows. There's a really, really good, uh, I've talked about this in the ROH episode, but there's a really, really good uh, ROH from, I think it's like 2005, where the Midnight Express come out first, and they're given standing O for being like the wrestling dork tag team of forever, and then the Rock and Roll Express come out and play the greatest heels you've ever seen, like... Ricky Morton says, you just, you fucking hated us in the 80s because we got more fucking pussy than you. Because <laughs> our rats were hotter than yours and you fucked ugly chicks. And it's like, where was this man during the Attitude Era? Ricky Morton coming out and saying, I used to fuck slit. <laughs> Would have been the top tag team. The dirty guys, you know? Shoot interview Ricky Morton in the Attitude Era would have literally, he they would have had to put him in a match with Steve Austin because it would have been like, do you guys remember the 80s? Because I'm all of your dad. Ah, fuck. <laughs> I fucked Rob Halford from Judas Priest just to prove I'm not gay, but if I was, I could start at the top.
If Miss McMahon, Big McMahon, you're back there, let me tell you something, Big McMahon. You know your wife, Linda? She took it in the mouth from Robert. <laughs> also, there's a lot of talk about Macho Man having sex with Stephanie. I fucked Shane. <laughs> I will not be undone. I will not be undone. I broke all your turlets so I could drink a mixture of y'all's pee. <laughs> yeah. Bad. I guess. I don't know. I'm just saying things I'm into now. I'm so... I'm so kinky, I put on more clothing when I fuck. <laughs> I'm covered in socks. Everywhere. Next week, B- Superstar Billy Graham. The week after that, your mom? <laughs> week, after that, week after that, we're just doing the women that fucked. Um, uh, the women that fucked. Dennis Condry? Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton. Oh. No, I think the Dennis Condry one's better. I... He just kept, he, I tried to go to another position and he said missionary was too decadent as it is. <laughs> yeah. Why do I want to look at you? I don't even know your middle name. <laughs> Put on this Jim Cornette mask. You mean glasses? I call him a Jim Cornette mask, damn it. Do you think that Jim Cornette has had a threesome with Ricky Morton? Like that they've both fucked a girl. I think they have. I think every combination of those Six men have fucked people together, yes. I like that a lot. Who did Superstar Billy Graham fuck? Bruno San Martino? Yep. Yeah. That next week. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Tag Team Champions, beautiful Bobby, Stan Lane. What is Big Bubba doing here? Let me tell you something, David Crockett, being the paramount national announcer you are. I know there's one question that you're dying to ask me and Bobby, and that's... How does it feel to be the new world tag team champions? No. Hey, go ahead and ask us that. You're not. Ask us. We are the champions just because some wino referee with a broken nose from that here. He had no business. He was not sanctioned to be in this match. These straps said it all. And I know you're wondering if we did it for all the thousands and thousands of people that write to us every week on national TV. I know you're wondering if we did it for all the people that stick in the shut-ins that love us so much. You know, Bobby and myself are role models for America's youth. We're Christian athletes. I know you're wondering if we did it for all the civic organizations, the Boy Scout troops that call us and want us to speak to them, but no, we didn't do it for any of those people, David Crockett. We did it for just two people. Two people in this whole wide world, and one of them right now, and it upsets both of us to even think about it, one of them is lying prone on his back right now in a hospital bed. I'm talking about our dear beloved manager, Jim Cornette, a man, David, who's never even attempted to be an athlete. All he does is give us spiritual guidance. He gives 8% of his gross earnings to charity. He co-wrote We Are The World. He's a good, good Christian human being. And the Rock and Roll Express jumped him last week, put an illegal leg lock on his leg, and he's in traction right now. And his mother, God rest her soul, she's right there beside him, holding his hand. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it for them, them, with the new world champions. Forget it. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with eight-man cage match right after this.